This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Today, Donald Trump goes after Ron DeSantis once again. A Project Veritas uh, exposes a sexual predator in a Connecticut school, and Chloe Cole joins the program to discuss her lawsuit against the hospital that facilitated her gender transition as a minor. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and I am joined today by Lumberjack Eric July, <laughs> Blaze TV contributor and oh, yeah. first founder that's, that's of exactly Ripperverse Comics. Much paper as we use in these days, I guess it works out. <laughs> that's true. He is. He hates environmentalists. He is like chopping down all the trees, making need, all the I comics. Need, I need the paper. That you can find over at the Ripiverse. Yes. I'm just saying. Also joined by Blaze TV contributor Alex Stein, host of Conspiracy Castle. And now, I mean, I I can say it now, right? Like you're... Primetime with Alex Stein. We yeah. got a new show coming out. The, the cat is out of the bag. And with me, it's six cats are out of the bag. That's fair. I, well, I mean, you know, we, I've, we've obviously known this for a while that this mm-hmm. was in the works and every every week that I had to introduce you as Blaze TV contributor, I'm like, this. I feel like I'm shortchanging you because we know that this is coming. I've been shortchanged my whole life, Sarah. I've been <laughs> underestimated my entire life. I've always been, oh, he's not going to make it. He's So you know what? I love the underdog mentality. So actually, that just motivated me. Every time you had to say really? Blaze, Blaze TV mm-hmm. contributor when I knew that I was going to be a Blaze TV host, it helps motivate me for the future. So it's what I need. Wax well, on, wax off type situation. I'm really glad that we are joined by man on the street, Alex Stein. Uh, so I want to give really quickly the current House Senate standings. Again, I've, everything is so in flux. As of the time of this taping, I don't know, you guys are seeing this a couple hours afterwards, but as of the time of this taping, uh, Friday afternoon, the House currently is at 198 Democrats, 211 Republicans. The Senate is still at 48 Democrats and 49 Republicans. Obviously, in the House, you need that 218. And uh, current Arizona governor standings, because that is, again, in a dead heat. Katie Hobbs is leading Carrie Lake 50.7% to 49.3% and by about 27,000 votes. Uh, Let's see, it looks like, what does that say? 82% of the vote in. So, remains to be seen. And I don't know, something could change a lot by the time we get back to this table on Monday. We'll see. But um, I want to get to Kathy Hochul, who is just, man, she is a peach. And by peach, I mean she just really kind of seems like the spawn of Satan. Um, She (laughs) flew to Puerto Rico after the midterms. And uh, it was just this very cute video that was shared of her dancing, of course, maskless, Uh, amongst a bunch of children over there in Puerto Rico who were all, of course, masked up, I guess, to protect protect Kathy Hochul. Watch. Aww, that's so great. Wow. She loves this music, can't you tell? I mean, just this pandering is just... Wow. I love that the boys are wearing blue masks and the girls are wearing (laughs) pink masks. (laughs) 
That seems like uh, too much of a stereotype for gender because, as we know, gender is fluid. But, um, you know, it's weird because I feel like if the adults are the ones who are scared of COVID, then they could wear the masks. Why are the why are the children masked up? I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to, like, conceptualize the fact that there's people still doing that stuff. Because mm-hmm. right, we've been removed from it. I mean, Texas did have it be a thing for a little bit, which. Uh, but Kathy Hochul has spent a lot of time in New York forcing people to mask up, obviously. take the vax, also keep masking up. I mean, that has been her shtick in New York. Yeah, exactly. Which is, again, it's just hard to wrap my mind around that still that there's people doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, having the I guess this is one of those cases. What did the, the science by science that's you know trademarked, by the way? Mm hmm. They say that their mask, my mask protects you, remember? Right, right, Your right. Your mask yes, protects, protects me. me. Right. So I guess she's scared of the kids. Yeah. Killing her off mm-hmm. or whatever. So mm-hmm. they make the least vulnerable population um, but surely have to she's, wear diapers on their face. Surely she's quadruple boosted. By now? Yeah. I don't know where we're at now because yeah. I don't know how long. I mean, she's got to be what, like. She's on four. She's on four, I yeah. believe. Quintuple boosted? It just depends on how many because you have to do, for it to be fully vaccinated, I think you have to give two shots two weeks apart. So right. you're at like six shots. But listen, this is this is what I worry about. <laughs> just the six? Uh, yeah, which isn't that big a deal. I'm on seven because <laughs> I got a free cheeseburger. Yeah, I get free burgers. Uh, steak and shake. Or, yeah, crispy cream donuts. <laughs> You'll so be healthy. It. Don't worry. You got the shot. So, but this is what I, this is what makes me worry because I'm primetime 99. I'm a pimp on a blimp. I went to Highland Park High School, which is an affluent, good high school oh in Dallas, God. Texas. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying, even at HPISD, they said the levels of on the standardized testing at this affluent school, like one of the top schools, the, the levels are down. These sixth graders are reading at like a third grade level, mm-hmm. second grade level. I mean, it's it, like astonishingly bad. It's the worst it's ever been in Highland Park Independent School District history. And I'm like, man, these are kids with options and access to every single sort of help, tutor. And then I think, and I see how bad they're doing. Then I look at that picture with Kathy Hochul, and I see these kids are still wearing masks. They're really far behind. So uh, this is just, uh, you know, America is really not going in a good direction, and they're following our lead, which is not uh, a very good lead, in my opinion. I feel like there is something to be said. I'm glad that you pointed that out, because as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, there is something symbolic to be said about Kathy Hochul just winning the midterms after telling a bunch of parents, you have to mask up your children, you have to mask up your toddlers, your kids can't go to public school without a freaking experimental injection, right? And wins and then goes to celebrate by surrounding herself with a bunch of young children who shouldn't be in masks who are wearing them. That is, there, that's some sort New of New York symbolism. is, I mean, I've long stated that it was doomed, but especially now, I mean, you see the criminal activity that we saw from her constituents, fellow Democrats, especially in these other areas, though not exclusively, and for people to come out and still basically support the person that destroyed a lot of their own mm-hmm. lives, let's mm-hmm. just say uh, say that, is very, very telling. But it's, it's a lesson to be learned from that if you are a person that believes uh, in this uh, political process and how little it is about having the best ideas, how meaningless that is to a significant amount of people. I think oftentimes, because we want to see the, the, the good in folks, the better in folks, we, we trick ourselves into believing that these people are going to make rational decisions. Yeah. Um, and I would have less of a problem with it if it, impacted, if it didn't impact me. 
But unfortunately, these guys and their their voting habits and the way that they approach things, unfortunately, impacts not just you as an individual, but the people in the geographical area, whether they want it or not. And that's the sad part about it. So when I talk about learning from it, again, for those that believe in the political process, it shows where the investment, to me at least, needs to be. It's not in presenting the person that's the most eloquent in terms of presenting an idea, because that's not good enough. Uh, these people are unfortunately swayed by folks. You see how much money they get for their campaigns. Um, definitely Democrats. Hollywood money, entertainment money, why they invest so much in that is because they know that's where the influence is. You see a lot of these uh, votes that are coming out on people are basically the generation behind behind you and me mm -hmm. and where they're at and predominantly who they're who they're voting for. Again, it has nothing to do with they, having the best and brightest ideas. Being able to communicate that is simply not enough. You're going to have to start meeting people exactly where they're at. Um, and you'd think that certainly conservative or rather Republicans would start focusing their investments less about, all right, we're going to present this person who can talk very well, but more so what people among these subcultures are effective communicators and how do we assist them in communicating that message to the people that are in that subculture or rather in that demographic. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. All I noticed when you were talking was that you said the generation after you and me. And, and we're you, the same and age. And you talked to Alex. <laughs> you said Alex. The generation I know. I knew Sarah didn't even me, And you, and you left me out of it. And you just talked that. to Alex. You should have said And I'm the face. same generation, said, Eric. The same you generation. Are. But you Sarah, are. you have mom vibes. You have a much more mature vibe than Eric and I. We act like idiots. <laughs> yeah. You hold yourself very exactly. uh, professional. That's really nice of you to it's, bail Eric out. But that is the truth. That is the God's honest truth. That is the honest truth. You are mature. Eric and I are immature uh -huh. and that's where it comes I'm down to. I'm just saying I feel attacked. Okay. No, so and that's speaking, not the case. Well, hold yes. on. Speaking of attacking, all right, uh, Donald Trump last night issued a statement. Once again, this is a very bizarre strategy here going after Ron DeSantis on the attack against Ron DeSantis. Uh, the statement read, let me give you just a couple highlights of it. News Corp, which is Fox, The Wall Street Journal, and the no longer great New York Post is all in for Ron, Ron DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations. Ron came to me in desperate shape in 2017. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide. When I endorsed him, it was as though, to use a bad term, a nuclear weapon went off. And now Ron DeSanctimonious is playing games. This is just like in 2015 and 2016, a media assault collusion in parentheses when Fox News fought me to the end until I won. So Trump's point is that Ron DeSantis will not, you know, when he's asked, are you going to run in 2024? He won't say, no, I will not. He says, I'm focused on being governor of the great state of Florida, which I think is a, an amazing answer. Uh, Quite frankly, I think it's an amazing answer. <laughs> and uh, quite, quite frankly, I'm going to tell you, I think it's an amazing answer. And uh, Donald Trump, his ego just cannot. By the way, don't send me hate mail on this. I, I love Donald Trump. I voted for him. I would have crawled over broken glass to vote for him <clears throat> in 2020. I love the guy. But this is a bad look. This is a bad move. He does not, he is not owed anything. And it, I really think it's going to turn off a lot of Trump voters uh, who like what DeSantis is doing and see that DeSantis is over here minding his own business, <clears throat> governing the state of Florida. 
very well and they see Donald Trump attacking him out of nowhere, um, it, it really, it seems like Donald Trump is very insecure about Ron DeSantis. No, and it's obvious that he is. And, and you know, we've been very frustrated now that our sweet hero, Dr. Oz, did not make <laughs> it to the Senate, but John Fetterman did. And now that's going to be endless content for conservative media for the next, you know, four years. The problem with this is this is going to be endless drama media for CNN seeing the fight of Donald Trump yeah. versus Ron DeSantis. Yeah. So, you know, just me as a content creator, it's like, ah, oh, I hate this, that they're going to have this fight. They're going to make people like you and me have to pick sides when we like both people. Mm -hmm. And they both have mm -hmm. reasons why some are better than others. One has less baggage. One is a little more powerful and more vicious. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons with each candidate. One is more polished. Yes. But I'm just mm -hmm. saying there's pros and cons with each candidate, but it just sucks that now they're going to have this line in the sand. And you said it best. This is all ego. He shouldn't be threatened. He is the incumbent. I mean, I know he lost the most recent election, but he was the one that got 81 million votes. He should act like it and not be threatened by DeSantis. Well, he, well, he didn't get it. I mean, we're to believe that Joe Biden was the one who he got, got 81, but Trump got what 80.5. So, <laughs> so I, I don't disagree with you, except in the sense that, and Eric, I'm going to let you give your thoughts on this, except in the sense that you don't like a primary is a primary for a reason, right? Like we are supposed to be able to take whoever comes and throws their hat into the ring and says, I, you know what? I just want to see if the American people like me, want me to represent them in a larger capacity, whatever. And I know Eric, that you are not in favor of Ron DeSantis leaving Florida, or at least that's what you've that's said. That's what I've in, said. In it's, the past. it's still been my position. Right, right, right. But it, it, like, isn't that what we're supposed to want? You know, we talk about democracy all the time and it's like, uh, we're, but we're supposed to want uh, a competition in the primary so that we can pick the best, the greatest, the smartest, the most capable and move and move forward with that person. Yeah, I mean, the hate mail can come my way because I ain't got a dog in this fight. Um, okay, so send <clears> all <throat> your email for so me. Send if it it's to designated me. to her, you can send it to me. And get mad at him for, yes, please. for being uh, ageist uh, 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 towards uh, me. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that, <laughs> take that up to as well. But no, seriously, like, what this is is, I think what, what's happening, at least from my observation, is that Trump is doing what Trump has historically done. The difference being now is that you now have someone that is in or seen as like favorable mm -hmm. by people um, that don't necessarily like conservative, um, I don't want to say conservative, more Republican establishment types. Mm -hmm. They think DeSantis is not that. So what happens is, it's like, well, we like this guy. He's done all this thing, especially with COVID, yada, yada. And now you're attacking them. You're attacking him. That's what he had been doing. If you look, I mean, I think we, we you forget definitely we got a little ugly there. Definitely. You remember some of the things Trump said about Ted Cruz. It got mm -hmm. ugly yeah. uh, during that time period. So this isn't necessarily out of pocket or rather out of what he is, but it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, mm -hmm. to your point, mm -hmm. because, well, folks have seen this guy govern uh, and they like him. Right. Folks that generally like it generally like you as well. So, yeah, that's going to turn. I've already seen it turning a lot of people off, people that have been very supportive of Trump. Definitely on uh, Twitter, I'm seeing these guys like, man, this is rubbing me really uh, the wrong way. But, you know, this is what he's he's done. And maybe it made more sense considering the timing in 2016. Maybe not as much. And that just shows how, how culture, culture changes, man. Four years. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just different. Or six, rather. Yeah.
Um, all right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bonner Wines. So it's Friday. Let's talk about wine. You've heard me talk about the really awesome Extreme Altitude wines from Bonner Private Wine Partnership. Um, I, we drink these at my house almost exclusively. They've got all of these Malbecs and these really great wines that are, they have grapes that are grown at like 9,000 feet, which if you don't, you're not like a wine connoisseur. Let me just tell you, it makes all the difference. These wines are almost impossible to get on your own. Uh, the producers deep in the Andes Mountains make a very limited quantity, which is why a while back we had to actually stop doing, um, doing advertisements for them because they ran out. Because it's like once they get a shipment in, people get them, they love them, and they run out. Okay, so if you have never had this before, you got to go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash why. You will not only get wine for over 50% off plus free shipping, you're also going to get a bonus bottle of this small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. That is four bottles for the price of three, and they are already going to save you a ton because you're not going to the middleman, which is also known as the grocery store. you got to go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash why to get that bonus bottle. That is bonnerprivatewines.com slash why. I want to welcome to the program uh, Chloe Cole. This is an 18-year-old detransitioned woman uh, who is announcing, or has announced, I should say, her intent to sue the hospital and affiliated medical group that facilitated her medical transition as a minor. And I, I obviously I want to talk about that because I think it is absolutely the right move, and there needs to be more of these lawsuits uh, on the horizon. But Chloe, I want to uh, I want to first thank you for joining us, and I want to ask you for those. Uh, of the the viewers who are unfamiliar with your story, um, could you could you briefly share your story with them because I think it's very powerful. Thank you for having me here. So, I'm an 18 year old detransitioner, meaning that I used to identify as transgender, and I went through the medical process as a minor. Actually, I was transitioning between the ages of 12 to 16, and I started on puberty blockers and testosterone at 13. And I had a double mastectomy at 15 before I stopped transitioning at 16. Um, Chloe, as a, uh, a fellow woman, I just, it, it breaks my heart that they did this to you. Um, I want to, can you tell, can you tell the viewers what did the doctors, like, did the doctors give you alternative treatments? Did they say, hey, maybe we should have a mental health assessment? Maybe we should have a psychological treatment? Like, wa walk me through what they, what they did here. So they never presented any alternatives to transition to me. It was, it was always just um, transitioning is the way. And it was more patient-led than doctor-led. Like, they presented me with these options and very skewed information. And there was really no gatekeeping at all. There was no real psychological evaluation trying to get to why I felt this way, why I wanted to be, why I was struggling with being a girl and wanted to be a boy. But they never really, the reason as to why I felt this way was never really explored. It was just... Oh, you feel like a boy? Oh, you wouldn't be referred to by this name? Okay, we'll do that. Oh, and you want to you wanna go on treatments and become your real self as a boy? That's completely fine. There's no problems with that. We can do that. Um, and... 
behind my back, actually, they had told my parents that if I wasn't affirmed in my gender identity as a male, and if they didn't let me do as I please, then I would be at risk of suicide, which wasn't true because until I started transitioning, actually, I never, I never felt suicidal. Mm. I started developing more mental health problems as I progressed through my, my, my medical transition. So, um, Chloe, I, I don't know how much you know uh, about me, but I have, um, I'm working on an initiative here in Texas to stop the sexual exploitation of children. And one of our main uh, goals is to, you know, stop all of this radical gender ideology that they are putting on kids, teaching them all of these things way before they're ready for it. And I get a lot of pushback from the LGBT community who says um, you don't care about children? Why you know? Why are you doing this? You you're you're the one who doesn't care about children. Um, what would you say to those detractors? Being someone who actually can speak from a position of having gone through it. This this is not for children. Children should not be exposed to this kind of thing, and it should not be presented as an option to treat their distress. Were you ever? Were you ever? Um, were you ever told that, obviously the double mastectomy you would know was irreversible, were you ever told that some of the other treatments that you were undergoing would be irreversible? Um, to an extent, but they didn't really give, in my consent forms, they didn't really give like a comprehensive list of mm. all the side effects. Um, to this day, I, I haven't been on testosterone for maybe about a year and a half, if not a little bit longer, and I'm still suffering some pretty serious side effects. And the overall picture of my health, and especially my reproductive health from here on, is very unclear. Yeah. Um, go and, ahead, Alex. And, Chloe, I just want to ask this. When you got the double mastectomy, that seems like the most intense part of your transition at 15 years old. What kind of consent did your parents have to give, or did they not have to consent at all? Yeah, they, they were required to consent. They were required to sign off on this. I mean, the doctors pushed this on them. They coerced this into allowing this, allowing them to basically be stripped of their rights as parents and allow me to do as I pleased. Did your parents ever give you any kickback whatsoever, or did they just go along with it the whole time? Um, prior to my medical transition and before I was referred to the the um like my therapist and gender specialists they were concerned about why i was pushing for this and i mean they wanted to get down to they wanted to figure out why what was making me feel this way mm -hmm. but unfortunately that never went explored until after i stopped transitioning and that was something that i had to figure out on my own that was never assessed by the doctors yeah, I can't imagine, as a, a parent, I have um, two young boys, I can't imagine being told by a doctor who, again, you know, everyone thinks are the experts, I can't imagine being told by a doctor, your child is going to kill themselves if you don't affirm and go along with all of these treatments that they want to give them. Um, my heart really goes out to your parents for that, I, I just can't even imagine. Um, so, Chloe, I want to get to this 
what we're really here to talk about, which I think is just so, I cannot even tell you how proud I am that you're doing this. I don't know you, so maybe it's weird for me to tell you that I'm proud of you, but I really am. So you and your lawyers have sent a letter of intent to the Permanente Medical Group, Kaiser Foundation Health Plan, and Kaiser Foundation Hospitals, who performed, supervised, and or advised transgender hormone therapy and surgical intervention for you when you were between 13 to 17 years old. Uh, your intention, your public uh, statement says that you will also be seeking punitive damages based on the evidence of malice, oppression, and fraud. Uh, speak on that, if you would, Chloe. These are adults who were supposed to take care of me, and they put me in harm's way, and... They will take responsibility for their actions. Chloe, have you been keeping up with um, the lawsuit that's going on in the UK? Because I, I really do think I, I was I saw your Twitter feed earlier today and you said, uh, what did you say? Um, <coughs> litigation ends mutilation. And it's something that I've been talking about a very, very long time on this program that we have to have people like you get up, lawyer up and sue the hell out of all of these medical communities, out of all of the hospitals Absolutely. who are inflicting all of this irreversible damage onto children and parents who don't know any better. Um, so if you would, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you last oh, open the floor. Last word on this litigation ends mutilation. Go. Um, I mean, I'm the only person who really is in the situation right now who's speaking out and taking action on this right now. But I know that there's a lot more kids and young adults who are in this situation. And I hope that by doing this, I'm able to create a precedent for those for those same people to be able to take just take, take justice for themselves. Yeah. Uh, I, I really hope that as well, Chloe. So how can people find out more about uh, your lawsuit? Can they help at all? Like, t tell everyone where they can go. Um, I, I, do, I do have a, a website. The link is on my Twitter. Okay. All right. Perfect. So you guys who are watching this, you see uh, Chloe's uh, Twitter handle at the bottom of the screen. It is... C-H-O-O-O, -O -O, three O's, Cole. So make sure that you follow her, follow her story. Um, Chloe, you are just, you're so brave. And um, it breaks my heart that you have to go through this, that the medical community inflicted this on you. But we are here, we are with you. And um, you know what, we are, we are praying for you. And um, I think that you are going to be a very, very important legacy um, in this movement to stop this on our kids. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, all right. So we've got to take another quick break. But uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold. So you guys, you're no stranger to this. Inflation has damaged every facet of our lives. And um, the irresponsible spending from the left just continues to exacerbate this problem. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings continue to wither away. you got to hedge against inflation with gold from Birch Gold. You can text the word Y to 989898 for your free information kit on diversifying into gold. And when you do it this month, by Black Friday, you will get a free gold bar with every purchase that you make by December 22nd. They've got almost 20 years uh, experience converting these IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. They can help you. Don't stand by while your savings just withers away. You can text the word Y to 989898. 
That is Y, W-H-Y, to 989898. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Project Veritas, I, I mean, I hesitate to say they're on the grind. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Is it okay if I say that, Alex? A-okay. Okay, all right. Project, I mean, they are really, they are coming out with like new exposés uh, every day, it feels like. So they spoke to a seventh grade dean at Greens Farms Academy in Connecticut. His name is, I believe it's Imran Rosti. He detailed the sexual fantasies that he has about his students for nearly two hours. Uh, he was born and raised in Iran, is also an English teacher at the school, and he claims the girls in his class purposely spread their legs in front of him. Watch. Are you tempted? Yes. Yeah. Um, hard. It's very yeah. I mean, literally and figuratively. They can solve that. I'm sure they can, but that possibly means me losing my job, my reputation. It's just it's way too easy. One thing they do these days, they sit down in front of me. I say, purposefully sitting somewhere in a class that is completely directly in front of me. They <clears throat> spread their legs wide open. And that's just brutal. Brutal. Every day there's different angles. Oh. Green, black, oh, wow. white. That's disgusting. They make sure. And it's like they talk to each other, because three of them do that. They're sitting right there. Short, let's stand. And green panties and kind of insert it in. Do you see that? See what? Again? See that? You see that picture of the image that it was not the image, the actual. You say, what should I say? It's your picture that you found. Oh, that's fine. Well, how can you concentrate? How can you continue talking what you're talking when you see that? That's great. That's awesome. Wow. That's a, that's a public school teacher for you. Eric, I feel like you might have I some mean, thoughts yeah, on that. Uh, yeah, that was tough to watch, number one. But I don't at all doubt. I know there's going to be some people that jump on me because every, there's no person that's a teacher or miraculously putting, putting it support, in support of like public education that will ever admit that it's kind of ripe for bad actors and that bad actors are acting within and nobody's ever going to admit that just like parenting no parent ever admit that they're a bad one so you know when you stories like this have continued to go out we know a lot of people expose themselves a lot of teachers expose themselves um kind of i mean i don't know if it was purposely but when you saw the the recent push with the gender bull crap 
and all that and all these teachers started basically outing themselves you see exactly where a lot of them are at and they're on some you know very perverse bullcrap so then when you have this information which is more of what i want to focus on what do you do i mean you know it's infested and this is why as tough of a question as it is to answer i say this i've been saying it on this show for years and that is at what point in time when you know this exists when you've been exposed to it yeah, you still drop your not child off to these guys, essentially handing them to your enemies. At what point does that become child abuse? I don't really have the answer for that, but it's something worth considering. Yeah, I mean, that guy's a, a pervert. He's perverted. If he had students that were spreading their legs, he should say, hey, close your legs. I mean, that's what a good teacher would do. I mean, obviously he likes it. Well, it's also like, do, do you, I mean, for me, I'm listening to that and I'm like, the arrogance associated with thinking that these that these young girls are like One going in there just <laughs> trying to do that in front of him. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I just got a side profile, but I'm like, listen, you're not Fabio. So it's some I don't weird, know why. It's some weird creepy fetish that, right, he, that, that right, he thinks that. Right. So, I mean, and listen, if you want to be a teacher, he could go teach college students or people of age. He wants to do. He wants to be there because he wants to be near those young kids. So uh, I think you talked about it's a poison that's just you know infected every single probably and literally actually if you go in Daily Mail, there's a lot of female students and um, female teachers that sleep with students. Oh, 100 so percent. I'm just saying. So I'm just saying that. this is rampant throughout all levels of public education and private education. So. It's really sick, sad reality. Would you say that the female teachers who prey on young boys are just as bad? I don't think they. This is, un, this is going to be an unfavorable thing. I don't think it's as bad, but it's just still why child not? abuse. Why not? Well, this is the only reason why because it's like uh, Mary Kay Letourneau in the '80s and stuff. The big ones. It's just it's just different vibes. Like South Park did an episode about why it. Why is it not just as bad? That's it is bad. It is rape, a hundred percent. But it's not as but bad. But it's not as bad rape. It's like in this, it's like in South Park when they joke about it, how they're like, oh, this kid slept with the teacher, and they're like, oh, the teacher's hot. All the cops are laughing about it. But if you do the vice versa of that, everybody's like, oh, go arrest him. It's abuse. It's child abuse, whether it's a female teacher and a child. I'm just saying, for some reason, collective consciousness, whether it's right or wrong, it's not as bad. I, you, I could not disagree with you more. I think you're absolutely 100% The perception wrong. of it. No, it is just as I, bad I don't morally. care about the perception of it. I'm yeah, saying, you, you I'm saying morally, my two boys morally, it's just will bad. still be just yes. as far. Their, their perceptions yes. at a young age will still be shaped by a sexual experience of that course. they have too soon. Of course. As a boy and a girl. Uh, same as girls. It could almost be more damaging to a boy in a weird way. I'm just right, saying. Because they, because they feel the pressure of like having to feel like it's cool. Well, it's cool to sleep with the hot yes, teacher, so, so, right? I, I should feel p proud of myself morally both repugnant percept you know perceptually one looks worse than the other eric well my position on this is they're all crooks i mean i don't know what else mm -hmm. to say i mean i don't really even care because i look at them as criminals if i wanted to say what i really wanted to say <laughs> you want to talk about hate mail i get it go watch my show you see you you see me talk about public education mm -hmm. system and the people mm -hmm. that participate certainly in it uh, and this charade like I think they should be abolished I don't want to hear anything about well we should tear it down rebuild it no it's rotten from the core system of, uh, of what it is on down it's outdated it's archaic and you see how many demons actually work in this said institution like going back to for example the point that we were talking about in a previous segment about these young folk and where their voting habits are and how they're like 
really heavily slanted one day. Do you not think a lot of those come mm -hmm. from, let's say, conservative parents? Mm -hmm. And you can sit up here and think you're the greatest parents in the world that you can sit up here and change their uh, their minds for the better. It's like, oh, well, they come home to me. No, you go sit and eat with them for 15 minutes and they then they go, go get on their tablet. You don't yeah. actually, who's raising your children? Right. It's those people that we see in that, in that video right yep. there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I want to go to really quickly on this, this topic of uh, you know, schools, school choice, whether or not you're going to homeschool or put your kids in public school. Eric Swalwell uh, earlier this week tweeted out an image of a quote from Senator Tim Scott that says, this is a, a quote from Tim Scott, we are putting parents back in charge of their kids' edu education. Well, tiny pea-brained Eric Swalwell just couldn't comprehend what Tim Scott by, what Tim Scott meant by that. So he tweeted out, please tell me what I'm missing here. What are we doing next? Putting patients in charge of their own surgeries? Clients in charge of their own trials? When did we stop trusting experts? This is so stupid. <laughs> I agree, Eric. That is stupid. And what I'm talking about is your tweet. Because, like... Patients have always been in charge of whether or not they have surgery, right? Like a doctor doesn't go like, nope, oh. You get second, third, fourth right. opinions, all that sort yes. of stuff. Yes, the doctor's like, no, actually, I want to perform um, this surgery on you. You actually don't get a say. So what we're going to do is we're going to wheel you back and we're going to perform this anyway. Now, I realize that there are things that happen that are, uh, you know, the, the patient doesn't give consent. <laughs> Typically, that's followed by a lawsuit because that's not supposed to be the case. Also, clients in charge of uh, their own trials. Yeah. They hire a lawyer and they tell their lawyer what they want and their lawyer is being paid to represent what they want. Eric, you f***ing idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's Friday. It wasn't I, me. It wasn't me. Yeah, sorry. Not this time, so don't go Friday. get on me. Sorry. But seriously, like what? What point does he think he was making there? No, they think they own your children. That's yes! really ultimately what it boils yeah. down to. They think that they own your kids. And unfortunately, there's a system that we... And this is what's the difficult thing is for me because I'm trying to get, especially conservatives, to like, you know, you, that you've been wired, kind of your mind has been wired that this thing, public school, is a thing. And it has to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we kind of must prop up. Like, it's just part of being a, an American is essentially what it is. So it's very, very difficult to plant those seeds and, and have it grow to have people realize or rather come under realization how rotten it actually is. Thankfully, we are starting to see at least some sort of change uh, we have over the last couple of years because people are now seeing how rotten it actually is. Mm -hmm. But it's not happening, at least in my opinion, not happening fast enough and people don't really see how evil that institution is and what I fear is that by the time certainly parents figure out that whoa wait a minute this is a bad thing it'll be mm -hmm. too late mm -hmm. and now you've kind of brought in this generation of brainlets man and that's going to be scary well I mean Eric Swalwell I think I brought this up on the last episode is when I called him out for sleeping with a Chinese spy Fang Fang he smiled. He smirked. You know, he didn't give me the response I wanted. Basically knowing, like, oh, I did this. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's kind of like I see him bring up this tweet. It's like, why are you running cover? Why is this threatening you? This, this, this tweet from Tim Scott saying that parents should be in charge of their education. It's because he's, like, so owned by the unions, by the school teachers. So he's just, this is such a political thing that, like you said, these, basically these parents have to sacrifice their kids to these public education schools, almost as if it was Moloch in some sort of satanic ritual. So that's why he's so butthurt about a simple thing. And I think every single parent should be involved in their kids' education. Like, that's just common sense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so. I'd say so. Um, all right, we got uh, to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Yesterday, a federal judge in Texas blocked the Biden administration's student debt forgiveness policy, ruling that, uh, well, this is going to be a big shocker to all of you out there who watch this program. It goes beyond the authority of the education department and the power of the executive branch, which, you know, we find more and more the Biden administration doesn't really seem to give a crap about. Um, the, the judge said that whether the loan relief, quote, constitutes good public policy is not the role for this court to determine, instead focusing on the government overreach, saying no one can plausibly deny that it is either one of the largest delegations of legislative power to the executive branch or one of the largest exercises of legislative power without congressional authority in the history of the United States. And, of course, uh, the DOJ has already filed an appeal because, as we know, the Democrats and the radical left never, they can't course correct. They just double down on the not just bad policies, but also the unconstitutional measures that they want to inflict upon the American people. Um, but the government has stopped taking applications for student debt relief, at least for now, gentlemen. That was, it's funny that obviously when this happened, the timing of it all after everybody's kind of put in all their votes mm -hmm. uh, and everything is, uh, mm -hmm. is very interesting. Wasn't it? But this is one of those things with student loans and how it almost, I don't want to say almost, it absolutely works to the benefit of these Democrats because they're going to be able to perpetuate this idea really going into the future. And it's like, when you consider how many of these loans certainly are taken out by way of the, the students, by, more so by way of the uh, uh, federal government, it's like, yeah, I say all day long, the department between the Department of uh, you know, Education and, it's, and how that sham is and how it operates with K through 12 and putting everybody kind of under the same umbrella. But even from the higher educational standpoint, obviously it's the government's fault as to why college is as expensive as it is uh, certainly right now. So it's like, well, all of you guys owe us money basically is what it is. Yet, what are you going to do? Like, even if we ended that those institutions, if we stopped the grant and loan uh, uh, governments being able to just basically print money, throw it pee it away, give it to you, you pay all these institutions, and really all college is a bunch of institutions out trying to outspend uh, one another, they still kind of exist and can still dangle that carrot in front of everybody each election cycle where we will promise to end your student, don't, student loan debt that we certainly created. So even with this being knocked down, I don't think it really changes much on that they're still going to run on that promise. And it is going to certainly... Uh, be a kind of a swinging vote because, well, who doesn't like free stuff? Everybody likes free stuff, including Vladimir Zelensky. So I just hope that this money that we're not using for student loan debt relief will go to the fight in the Ukraine. So every dollar not spent here in American soil deserves to go to Vladimir Zelensky and the troops that are, you know, risking their lives for American history and for American uh, imperialism. So thank you to Vladimir Zelensky and thank you for their fight. Over it is there. just so, it's so crazy to me. We're living in a time where, I mean, you had the president of the United States. I forget what his actual quote was, but he basically was like, well, we're in actually investing in something better than like middle America, you know, people who don't go to college. We're investing <laughs> in like, you know, producing these elites that come out and look how educated they are. Look how educated they are. They're going online. They're creating TikToks about, you know, what uh, pronouns they go by and, uh, you know, what gender I ideology, you know, they uh, subscribe to. So this is, that's great. That's, and, and it's that's so funny because people are under this myth that America doesn't spend enough money right. uh, mm -hmm. on education. Right. Per pupil, right. if I'm right. not mistaken, yep. and feel free to correct me at, uh, on that at home, per pupil, I believe the United States is like by far 
ahead of everybody. So apparently they yep. have enough money. You could say, well, it's only going to administration. That doesn't mean that doesn't mm -hmm. change the fact mm -hmm. that they're still spending all of this money. Where it's going is and where it's what? going, but yep. they're still spending all this damn money. Yeah. Guys, I got and a college degree and I read at a ninth grade level. So <laughs> that's all you need to know. Oh my God. All right, there's so much I could say there, but instead I'll take a break. We'll be right back. John Fetterman has <laughs> now started making TikToks because I guess he saw Stacey Abrams and Beto making them and he was like, those are great. Those are cool. I'm going to start doing that too. Watch. Who will be the next senator? Who could be the crucial 51st vote in Washington? Will it be John Fetterman or uh, TV star Dr. Mehmet Oz? It me. Yeah, the, but the thing is, is like that wasn't, that's really how he sounded. That was what he said. It wasn't a joke. He just, it me. Hello, good night. He's got to be self-aware, right? No. Yeah, a little bit. Is he? He yeah. has to be. Yeah, yeah. He like, he's he's got to know he? he's a brainlet because that, that's like some hunchback. Oh, he's me. He's married to Jersey Giselle, his wife. She calls the shots. Trust me, he's very self-aware that he's slow and has a thing growing from his neck. And that he's a uh, lurch, you know. Yeah, he knows all this. And that's why now none of it matters because he got there to the Senate. He's just a, basically a voting member and he just does what anybody tells him to do. So he's the perfect Android robot. I mean, I guess, you know, he's... he's I hope he does an interview one day and they're like, who is your who is your mentor? Who is your greatest inspiration? He's like, President Joe Biden. He taught me everything I know. You can be a vegetable and still run for office and well, still you know, make it. CNN joked. About, they, were, they weren't even joking. They were seriously teasing president. about him running for president. Please, for the love of God, do that. Please, John Fetterman, please run for president. Please. Please. All right. We need the content. Eric July. Ripiverse Comics, check them out. Alex Stein, Conspiracy Castle. We'll see you Monday. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.